Welcome to the Good News Mama podcast, a place to get in touch with other mamas, share the load, and know the Lord. Here, we aim to lift each other up in the good news of Jesus and the laughter that comes with motherhood. We are a community of mamas just trying to keep the main thing the main thing. I'm your host, Lynn Carter, and each time you tune in, I pray you are encouraged and that you leave challenged and breathe a sigh of relief that you are understood. We were not meant to do life alone, Mama. Thanks for joining in. Let's do this and let's share the good news. May I ask for a little grace? My problem is often not what to say, but when to shut up. I value your time, and I want to honor it by sending the most direct and powerful punch that will strike you, shape you, and shift your mindset to be more in step with the Spirit. Everything I'm sharing is something God has shared with me first, so I appreciate you being here. With that being said, at the start of each new year, I'm even more thoughtful about my time and how I use it. We all assume that we get 12 months to do whatever goals we have set and that we have plenty of time. We want to spend our time wisely, and we have these big hopes and dreams of what we hope to accomplish and how it'll be so amazing when we get there. But as Annie Dillard says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. A schedule defends from chaos and whim. Now, I'm not talking about a schedule or routine in this episode. Those are foundational for our children and our own sanity. I'm referring to the ever-growing, ever-present to-do list. You know, the one that can steal our joy if we let it. In this episode, I speak to truths like God wanting us more than what we do for Him. How checklists are not inherently bad, but our addiction to them may be. I encourage you to consider how you treat those around you when you're absorbed in your checklist, and of course, how the good news changes our perspective on checklists and service for the sake of doing rather than knowing God and making Him known. Let's dive in and let's get to that good news, Mama. Hey, Mama. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited to be talking to you because I really feel like God has put something on my heart that is super important. And it's kind of funny because this is an ongoing theme that I've noticed. I've done three interviews so far with amazing women. And it all kind of circles back at the end to things we think we can work on and things that we find we value ourselves in. And the word checklist and to-do list just keeps popping up over and over. And today when I did my devotion, the verse that I saw was dealing around what we do for God. And the thing that stood out to me the most was a quote that said, the greatest competitor of true devotion to Jesus is the service we do for him. And that was from My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And that was the January 18th devotion. Um, I guess I just can't help but think that we all struggle with this and it's not just me and not just a few people that I've interviewed so far because I feel like as women, we are wired to serve. I feel like we either are or we got that mentality that we just got to get this done. Look, somebody's got to do this and I might as well do it because it's got to get done if we can move on. And a lot of times that's the approach that I take. So I make lists. I love making lists. I love the accomplishment and the joy when I get to check whatever off that I just did. It just makes me feel so good. It's It's like this little reward system, like Pavlov's dogs, like ding, 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 I did this, little reward, yes. And it's addictive almost. It can come 
to be the main focus sometimes. And I think that's where God really got me with this devotion because I don't want my prayer life and my devotion life and the service that I do for God outside of the home to be me thinking I'm devoted to him. Well, I might just be committed to serving or committed to doing something because I said I would do it. And I think a lot of times we lose sight of focusing on God and just enjoying him and making him known and making him be glorified in our actions. I have this love-hate relationship with this checklist because mentally I think I can't do blank until I do blank. So translation, I can't do something fun until I do insert something necessary. And I know that we all struggle with that because we try to choose our priorities and the things that have to get done in this day. These things have to get done. And so they're on my list, but I kind of miss the forest for the trees. I need to step back sometimes and see the big picture. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. I've entitled this episode Checklist Faith. And I think that's because in being a mom and setting goals and it being the beginning of the year, I'm constantly thinking about time. I can't remember which podcast it was on. I think it was one of Allie Worthington's podcasts. She had on a guest and I could not find it, but it seriously resonated with me when she said in my 20s, I felt like I wanted to do all the things and keep up with all the people. And I'm thinking she must be a seven because... Enneagram seven, that's kind of where I roll. And I wanted, I have this fear of missing out. I want to be a part of everything. I enjoy company. I enjoy others. And she said that her 20s were just a time of all that, just more and more and more. Just give me all that you can. And then the 30s, she is so much more aware of her time and feeling like there's not enough of it. And I feel like I'm dead in the middle of that. Well, I am dead in the middle of my 30s, but I feel like I'm in that entire moment where I look at everything as if it were time. I don't, even when I'm buying something or thinking about things, I consider how much time will this cost me? How much value is in it based on its time, not its money? I say all that because I feel like we make our goals and we make these lists with the thought of getting them done. We've got X amount of time, so I've got to do the necessary things before I can do the fun things. And sometimes we forget that Our priorities and our things that we have to do are like a bunch of rocks. And the big rocks are the ones that matter the most. And we have got to put them in the jar that will only fit but so much. If we put all the little rocks in first and then try to fit in those big rocks and those important rocks, it won't fit. It just doesn't. Because everything else, you have to have the big rocks in first, then put in the little rocks and they trickle down, then put in the sand or the water. I'm sure everybody's seen that analogy before. But when I'm making my goals and when I'm making my checklist, it's good in a way because I'm able to say there's less occupying my mind when I can check something off because mentally done, move on to the next thing. Um, There's accomplishment, but then at what cost? So I look back on 2019 and I think of some of my goals being I want time at home with my boys. I want time to mold them, time to really pray with them and pray over them and um, teach them Bible verses and talk with them. You know, the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse seven, about talking about these things when you lie down and when you get up and when you eat and when you drink and just basically in and around your life that you should be talking about God with your kids. You should be wanting them to know that God is our life. 
Like it says in Colossians, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. God is not just a big part of our life. He is our life. Not just somebody we talk to at night or at mealtimes or not just something we do at church on Sundays or Wednesdays, but he is the reason why we're here. He's the purpose for our lives. So when you think about all that and you think about all that I wanted to do with spending that time with them, but I'm actually home and I've got this checklist and I'm looking at this list, but I'm not realizing how am I treating my kids while I'm doing this list? What did my actions tell them? When I was doing this, was I so frustrated that I bit their head off because you're slowing up my progress, kid. I'm trying to get this done and I can't because of you. And did they feel that from me? I just think about some things that happened in the past 24 hours that make me laugh about how I got hot over something so simple. And then something seemingly more important, like my kid breaking a curtain rod and he's so sad and nervous what I'm going to think. And I'm just happy he came to me and told me about it. It's just a curtain rod. And it just kind of, I'm probably confusing the mess out of him because I care about some things more than others. But it's really just a matter of time and a matter of what God puts on my heart and what's important versus what's not and the lesson that he's teaching me throughout the day. So God bless him for having grace and for my children having grace for me because I have to apologize all the time. But I just love that my children can come to me and not have to hide and realize that the only reason that I'm even worthy of God is because of who we are in Christ, not what we do for Christ. And isn't that what God wants from us? He wants us to come to him. He wants us to know that he doesn't look at us as, well, you didn't get up this morning and do what you said you were going to do. So... I don't really think I'm going to do blank for you. You know, God doesn't work that way. God's thing, God's purpose, he wants us to know him and to be known by him and to make him known because he is so good, because he is everything. And we look for everything in all the wrong places when he is it. He is everything. And just to know that God in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, perfectly complete, perfectly happy, perfectly unified, in one, chose to make creation, chose to make man to be able to enjoy him and to be able to enjoy his presence. I don't know if any of you ever read the book, The Shack. It came out, I don't even want to say when because I can't remember and it feels like forever ago, but they did make it into a movie. So if you don't have much time to read, the movie is pretty interesting. But I remember in the book having this unique picture in my mind of what the Trinity was like. I never really understood, and I cannot say that I certainly do at this point, but I have a better vision in my head of what it looks like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one and complementing each other. And um, just the, the picture that I have in my head from that book was amazing because in that relationship, the way that that book portrayed the relationship with the Trinity, it made me want to be a part of it. It kind of made me somewhat understand that God didn't put me on this earth just to do good things. God didn't put me on this earth just to smile and make other people feel good and meet their needs. Yes, he wants me to show Christ's love. Yes, he wants me to reach out to those that are in need and to be his hands and feet. I'm not saying any of that, but he truly wanted us to know him and to enjoy the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he knew from the beginning that we were going to screw it up. Thank you, Adam and Eve. But enters the great rescue. 
Jesus. And that was never plan B. That was a plan from the beginning that Jesus, the word would strap on flesh and come down and dwell among us and do what we could not do for ourselves so that we could get back to being in that relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it just blows my mind that that God had the foresight and the the knowledge and just that he is who he is, that he knows all this stuff. He can do all this stuff because he is God. But I try to make him so small to be my God. Do you know what I mean? I try to make him fit into my God-shaped box that I can kind of put here and there, take it with me when I need it. You know, oh, this person needs prayer. God, I'll take you out of my box and let's pray for this person. Oh, you know, I'm going to go do this activity. Well, I'll take God with me so he'll protect me on the way, you know, and versus just realizing he is with me. He's inside of me in the Holy Spirit. You know, he lives inside of me. And to realize that God wants that with us and he wants that and treasures us more than the things that we do for him. That is so humbling. And that is so cool. And that takes off so much of the pressure to go and to do and to be. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying sit around and be like a rock. But I am saying God knows our hearts and God wants us to know his heart and to enjoy that relationship and to be fulfilled by it, to satisfy him. That is the goal of the call. Not simply that we should do something for him. There is a verse in Psalms chapter 46, verse 10, and it says, be still and know that I am God. And when I looked up this verse and I looked at the context around this verse, I saw that it wasn't necessarily just be still and be quiet, although we all could use that command because we're constantly going. But it was also to just stand in awe. It was an awakening to the people to be spiritually amazed at God's goodness and faithfulness and provision and how he fights for us. And in that chapter, it was talking about how awesome God is and how he does fight for us. And I think that sometimes we forget it's not about all the things we thought we had to do. It's not about all the feel goods we get when we do something that we know we have to do and it's done and we can feel accomplished, but it's resting in him. It's being satisfied in him. There is a quote by John Piper. I read it back when I was in college from his book, Don't Waste Your Life. And he said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Think about that. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. When we're living our lives and we're loving on God and we're letting him shape the decisions and the path and the words and the actions that we do every day. He gets the glory and we are satisfied and we are fulfilled and he gets the glory for that. And when you know somebody that's as great as God and when you have something to share that's as good as the good news that God gives us through Jesus, how do you share it? To trust God and to know God and to know what he can offer. We should all be screaming it from the mountaintops. I mean, shoot, is there anything better? Is there anything better than knowing The work has been done on the cross and defeated. Death was defeated by the resurrection of Jesus and the pressure's off. We can live our lives seeking to know God and choosing to obey him and raise our children in homes that glorify him and things like that. But know God, just know him and make him known. And as you do that, your life will start to change. And I'm not saying I have all this figured out. I don't, but... 
reflecting on checklist and reflecting on my goals last year and feeling the pressure of time and how there's not enough of it, it just makes me feel better to know that how I'm choosing to spend my time matters and to not forsake the things that matter for the things that could get done later. Things that can feed your soul and your body and your mind and your family. Those are the things that we should be weaving our faith in and throughout every day. It doesn't have to be real theological. It doesn't have to be really prettied up and gussied up. It can just be, hey guys, I hear an ambulance. Somebody needs some prayer. It can be, hey, who wants to say the blessing tonight? It can be, you remember that verse? A, and then they can say, friend loves at all times. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. The little things that they'll just offer up at the dinner table. The things that you're about to lose your cool and your kid just looks at you and says, I'm sorry, mama. And you know that you were off base. Yeah, they made a mistake, but your heart wasn't ready. I didn't fill it with the right things that morning. I didn't wake up and put God's word in my heart and my mind so that I could be ready, full of grace when those inevitable things happen. Their children, love them. Share with them the good news. Tell them it's okay. We all need second chances. So as you make out your next checklist, which I'm sure I'll probably do tonight and you'll probably do for the next day, which is totally fine, but think about the big rocks and the big important things first and don't sacrifice those for the things that really could come later, the things that don't matter quite so much. And ask God to show you how to be more aware of how awesome he is while you're trying to be still and be in awe of him amongst the craziness and the chaos of getting kid number one to soccer practice and kid number two down for a nap and kid number three changed and ready for dance. You know, whatever you have going on, life is a busy, amazing, wonderful thing and God wants us to enjoy it. I know he does, but he wants us to enjoy him more and in the middle of it, in the middle of this life he gave us, this crazy, awesome, fun, overwhelming, beautiful thing that he gave us in our lives. I can summarize this episode in three main points. Glorify God, not a checklist. Take care of what you allow to go on your checklist. And don't allow the list to trump love. We all have the same amount of time. And when you reserve time for one thing, you remove time from another thing. I guess this episode was my way of putting the glorified checklist in its place. Thanks for sticking around, friend. And thanks for letting me be a part of your day and whatever part of your to-do list you're working on while listening to this episode. If you know someone that would love this reminder, will you please share it with them? Sometimes all it takes is helping someone feel understood. A great way to make sure other mamas hear this message and great messages from other mamas on this podcast is to leave a review. Reviews are everything in podcasting and it helps other mamas find us. I believe in you, Mama. I believe what God is doing in you and the vision He has given you for your life, your family, and your children. He tells us in His Word to delight yourself in Him, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I believe He wants you to embrace the good news. As always, I pray you keep your head up, your heart humble, and share that good news. Until next time.